Podcasting Only Better. This is day three of your glorious Goodwood preview shows. And we've had a relatively good start to proceedings, I think it's fair to say. I'm joined, as always, by the usual gang. Uh, Kevin Blake, how are you over there in Goodwood? How's it been? Day one done and dusted at this stage? Yeah, uh, I tell you, yeah, good day of horse racing, wasn't it? Big one was it was was fairly special. Got a good buzz out of that. Um, great result, great race, great drama. Uh, yeah, had everything, didn't it? Yeah, absolute belter on day one. And of course, we're recording this for you guys ahead of day three, but we've got day two still to come today. Uh, Dan, how's it going for you? You're in a car, car park kev type role today Ooh. for you, Dan? I am. And um, as I've said off mic, it's one of my favourite place titles. It sounds like an American box from the 80s. It's Kirkpatrick Fleming on the way back from <laughs> Perth. He's a, he, he went for a middleweight title in 85 against Norton Keynes, which is another services on the M6. <laughs> <laughs> excellent and tony how are you enjoying the week over there yeah, yeah I'm, i came back from birmingham on um uh last night uh no the night before and um i, I stayed in cherwell valley services i didn't stay there i dropped i stood up <laughs> i hope not cherwell valley worried for you there um right guys uh let's kick on with all the itv races on day three uh the 150 starts us off it's the 10 furlong three-year-old handicap and dan let's you're the starting point today um you've got three in here with mig dam is currently the favorite with betfair at seven to two b-side next best at five to one for rafe beckett and holly doyle asasi in there for roger varian all three of them have sort of shown their hand more recently are you sticking with those types or are you looking for something a bit less exposed in this i am with one of those but it's a red hot race I mean, just ridiculously warm, isn't it? You've got loads of really well-bred horses that are just starting out. But I think pick of the pedigrees might be V-Sight, the Beckett horse, um, Holly riding, looking to atone, as we speak, on on Wednesday morning for the defeat on Trushan on uh, the first day of the festival. Um, just an outstanding pedigree. It's a family from this... Well, we know it well. He's a he's closely related to Scope, who... The yeah, true parts, Scope, yeah. Yeah, who is obviously a, a group one winner in it and was an outstanding stay or threatening to be so and v sites from that family and it seemed like they couldn't get enough on him sometimes you see an sp and you check the betfair sp and they're roughly similar he went he went off unders his um his industry sp he was 3.16 on betfair with a with a nine to four sp clearly he was extremely well fancied he came from a a ropey position at Sandown after missing the break and won convincingly in the end. And obviously starting out in handicaps off a mark, which which underestimates him. And I don't think going up another furlong in trip is a bad thing either. In fact, it's probably a positive. Okay, V-site for Dan. Tony, this is one of the races, one of three races that is paying four places with Betfair. Uh, are you looking to get involved with that sort of angle at all? No, I, I backed um, I backed V... Um... Sorry, I backed um, V site already about eleven to two. He's fives with the sportsbook now. I backed him when only uh, for all the reasons Dan said. Um, I think he's just got a, a very, very good, very, very good chance. I mean, he has been up eight pound for that Sandown win, but it was a dominant performance. Uh, the third and fourth have come out of one since. So, looking at it in the context of that, I don't think an eight pound rise is going to stop him. He's got the pedigree. The step up in Jip's going to suit. Um, if you are, I backed it when only if you are looking for one each way, maybe one east. Um, top price with a sports book at 10 to 1 with the extra place thrown in. I think one east is probably an each way alternative, but uh, no, I'm very, very keen on the Beckett horse. 
Okay, Kevin, can you make it all sort of happy families and everyone agreeing with V site? You're going elsewhere. Um, I was tempted now, but just the Ooh. fact that the fact that he blew the start last time and he's in the widest stall of all here, um, which can sometimes accentuates those starts. That was just putting me off because if he if he if he missed it, you know, by, by four or five lengths, you'd be a little bit worried in a race this competitive. So that that was enough to put me off him at the price. Um, I've gone for White Feathers Fall, um, Charlie and Mark Johnson. Um, you know, but probably looks a little bit more exposed than some of these, but um, that was primarily over shorter trips as a two-year-old. And I, I thought he looked like the step up to kind of um, nine furlongs suited him really well at Carlisle. He's going up another furlong here. Shouldn't be a problem. Um, and I'm hoping we'll just, you know, pretty straightforward ride, stall seven, jump forward um, for Annie Norton. Yeah, and hopefully be, be there banging away off a six pound higher mark and stuck in the finish. Okay, more exposed type for Kevin, less exposed classy types for Dan and Tony. Um, let's move on to the Richmond Stakes, the Group 2, first the group action today. Uh, this, for me, Dan, I, this isn't looking the strongest of renewals of this race, I didn't think. And I landed on Chateau at the end, in the end. It's currently second best in the market, 3-1, to one, so slightly unoriginal, behind Royal Scotsman, who's 6-4 to four with Betfair. I thought that was too short for, for Royal Scotsman. Yeah, that's exactly how I've landed as well. I really like Chateau. I liked how he got out himself out of trouble at Beverly earlier in the season. Wasn't twice now Newbury as well. He's yeah, and he, he did get himself out of bother. That was his first run at six as well, and it it evidently really suited him because obviously that rogue horse, the the one who'd been impressive maiden winner for Tom Clover, got the jump on him, and once he got the gap, he burst through. I thought it was very impressive. Um, and it sounds a bit mealy mouthed than me, but I just have a bit more faith in. In the trainer, as much as anything, really right, Andrew Balding. Two weeks off isn't long, but I don't think he had a particularly hard race at Newbury, and and, and he's yet to blob yet in his career. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Tony, what about you? Are you going away from those top two in the betting? Uh, to a degree, I think um, I think they obviously were with their positions in the market. Um, the sports book, we're recording this at 8am on Wednesday morning, so the... Um, the without markets have gone up on the sportsbook already. Um, and I think you can perhaps, you, on the sportsbook, you can only bet without the favourite, but without the first two favourites. And they've got legends of Zander who in there at uh, seven to one without the top two. And, and that really interests me. Now, he blew out in the Chesham, as did a lot of other horses. Um, and he was a little bit disappointed, even though he's nine to one when fur to Chateau last time. But it wasn't it clearly wasn't a bad run. If you just go back to his Epsom win with a really good time under a £5 penalty of the Woodcock, uh, then I can see him filling the minor places here, maybe even if it is behind the behind the top two of the market. So, yes, yeah, 7-1 to one, Legends of Xanadu uh, without, without the top two of the market is the way my money is going in this race. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting play. He's got so much more experience than loads in here, which will probably fare quite well for him at Goodwood. What about you, Kev? Uh, anything, any interest in those sort of first time out winners? There's a couple in there that are very much an unknown at this stage. And look, I think Ross Gossman will win. I thought he ran oh. a belter in the, in the Coventry. Um, like probably like showed a lot of pace. He might have got there a little bit sooner than ideal. And I think a faster six will, will suit him. Um, so look, I thought he'd outclass these. To be honest, if you wanted, if it was a bit, if he was a bit short for you, and you wanted an alternative play, I'd go with Blue Light Boy. Um, without the fav in, in that market that TC mentions, um, he put up a big performance on the clock at uh, Windsor last time. Uh, Form has got a couple of nudges since. Um, took a small knock in the in the wonderful Turkey Grand Maiden at Goodwood yesterday with uh, um. 
Celtic champion, uh, running running ground. Okay, but no better. okay, but yeah. it's it's, produ- it's produced another couple of winners. <laughs> and yeah, I thought I thought he'd be capable of coming forward again and uh, potentially hitting the frame at the least. All right, that is the Richmond Stakes done. Let's move Love on. Love the maiden on ITV, beautiful. You gave it the big one as well. Well played. Um, <laughs> I can't even get a rise out of Calvin. <laughs> no, he's not even looking. He's not even. He's not. He's literally not even listening. No, 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 I was listening. I, I, I literally. I didn't even look at that maiden. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> Just out of pure frustration for it being on ITV. Eighteen uh, one a maiden, three places. Get away from you. <laughs> Uh, the three o'clock guys is the Gordon Stakes, the group three. This for me is a really fascinating race. It might only be a group three, but there's just loads of different unknowns in this. New London at the top of the market, 15 to 8 with Betfair as things stand right now. Hugh Yamal in there for new trainer George Bowie, seven to two. West Wind Blows, Grand Alliance, the dog is in there at 15 to two. Oh, and, <laughs> uh, oh, come on. Even his trainer references and being a complete monkey at this stage. Um, I want to come to you first, Tony, on this one because I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying it was you that was really impressed with New London at Newmarket last time, weren't you? Yeah, I, I think uh, a pig is one step up a, a step up from a monkey, though. So yeah, and a dog, pig, and monkey. Is that, is that is that how it goes? No, the I think it goes. Hierarchy. I think it goes monkey, dog, pig. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would agree. Yeah. 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 No, I'm happy with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth one is an absolute bastard. It's a profanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. After <laughs> when we did the weekend review a few weeks ago on um of on Wade In, yeah, New London, I, I thought was a very good price for the for the ledger after that. Um and I only come off a mark of ninety-nine, but I I think he was he was pretty dominant there. Um I, he's two to ones and fifteen to eight on the skinny side, stepping up in trip against a, against a Derby runner-up. But I think he's got loads of potential, and they, you know, it's not it's, you know you shouldn't really forget he was as low as eight to one for the Derby going into the chest of ours, which he blew out in on soft ground. So some of them obviously thought he was up to classic standard. And yeah, I, I can see him winning this and going on to run in a big race in the St Ledger. But I think you're paying for it and more at fifteen to eight. So I, I probably wouldn't be putting him up, but. I wouldn't be in a rush to oppose him. Who you mouth obviously is the form horse on the Derby bum, but would it would it bother you that there's a first time tongue tie on? I noticed that. Yeah, I did notice that a little but bit. I, I, it's it's a classic. New London is probably the most likely winner, but I think the price is um, the price is short enough at fifteen to eight. Okay, Dan, uh, where are you landing on in this race? Are you in agreement with what Tony said there in regards to the favourite, but maybe the price isn't attractive? No, I'm I'm hoping for some positive affirmation, maybe from Kevin, if Tony hasn't been able to do it. With with who you mal, I'm sort of... Is the market just not a believer at all in the derby run? Because it was 150 to 1 chance. I mean, I know he would have finished third had Westover got a clear run, but I thought that was a really good renewal. You had change in the guard, come out and, yeah, scramble home, but he, he did win. Um, West Wind Blowers, who's out again, he's he's won subsequently. Basically, everything that's run nearly has been won or, has won or been placed since. I just thought it was a good race. He ran to a time form rating of 1 2 1. That would be good enough to win a race like this. In an ordinary year, ordinary year, I suppose I'm I'm looking for negatives. Really, it almost feels like a bit of a a poison apple that that seven to two because we're getting seven to two about the horse who I think has got the best form. I mean, New London was great, wasn't it? But surely Huyama would have won a handicap of ninety nine by a clear margin as well. 
Yeah, that is a very valid point. Uh, they paid a fair bit for him, Kevin, and obviously they've already outlined that he's going to, you know, George Bowie's training Humal for the time being, but really the plan is to go down under with him and sort of this is just the interim period. What are you assessing his pro? What do you think his profile looks like for this race at the moment? Are you in agreement with Dan? Yeah, I think Gay Waterhouse is going to train him when he goes down and she's actually knocking around Goodwood at the minute. She'll be there today, so... Um, or on, on Thursday even. Yeah, the tongue tie is an interesting one and look, people would associate the application of a tongue tie with some sort of a, a breeding concern, but um, that, that's probably not applicable here like because, you know, this horse would have been vetted to within an inch of his life, you know, around the London sale. So um, maybe it's just a kind of a functional thing. He's he messed around with his tongue or something and they just feel that he might he might benefit from it possibly, but I wouldn't be getting too jibby about it. Um, look, this is a really deep race, really like a, quite a few horses in here. I'm going to go with West Wind Blows. Um, I was very close to putting him up as my kind of mad outsider in the derby. Um, I didn't in the end, but he, he ran all right that day, having helped force the pace and came out and bolted up at Hamilton since. And um, I don't think he'll get the lead to himself here. Um, Al Kareem will probably be up there as well, but um, I think he's a good horse. He, he did a big number um, at Nottingham in the novice the time of the time before the Derby, and I'd say there's more to come from him. So I'll take my chance with West Wind Blows. Okay, I think I'm siding with the favourite New London in the end, but I, like you guys have covered well, I feel like it's a very deep race. One of the better renewals of the race let's move on to the feature the Nassau Stakes the group one it's over the 10 furlongs for the Phillies and Nashua the f- three-year-old filly in here getting the weight for Holly Doyle Jonathan Thady Gosden French Oaks winner third in our own Oaks showed loads of promise this season prior to that as well um damn I can't get away. I love Nashua and I, I can't get away from her getting this weight from some sketchier characters. I know she's a very short price, but if we're talking about the most likely winner of the race, it is Nashua. Um, I wouldn't be backing her at the prices, but I want to see a win. Basically. Yeah, I suppose four to seven in the outright is not going to tempt loads of people in unless you're Hugh Carhill and you're not. You're Vanessa Ryle. Quite, but yes. They, I do look but, different. Well noticed. The, the sports book do have the length in your odds market. And just for info, it's five to six. She wins by a length or more. 11 to eight, two or more. And then five to two. And we've seen a spread eagle fields before. She's got a turn of foot and she can she can really quicken. Um I'm minded, though, to maybe play something to small stakes each way with that shape. And a push Rogue Millennium, I quite liked mm. his progress. I quite like pro- the progress early doors that she made. Um, started two from two, had a tilt at the Oaks, was behind Nashua, so she's got ground to make up. But I thought she shaped well again at Newcastle behind a pretty good mare of, of Carl Burks. And at 20s, again, small stakes, that might do for me. But I think if you're wanting to play... Nashware and you're really behind her then you probably want to be trying to lengthen the odds yeah and that's exactly the sort of bet that Tony Calvin wants to get involved in isn't it Tony um I I'm <laughs> literally going to have about four or five bets in this race um, go on hit us yeah. with them and they start off with laying Nashware oh, I never liked you anyway no, <laughs> I like the horse I mean I'm a big fan of it I you know I I think if it goes down to a strongly run mile I think he's probably she's probably got a group one in her but Everything's about price, isn't it? And um, I've had to go. I'm at the front of the queue at the moment. I'm looking to lay her at 1.83. There's, is it? She's four to seven across the board. I think the four to six in one place. But you know, even that's not very tempting, obviously. So she ran about five to six on the exchange at the moment. I'm more than willing to have the field running for me at six to five in this. 
I think you can put up loads against her. Um, Dream Loper will be, I'm going to lay Nashua. I'm going to back Dream Loper each way at eight to one. Uh, Dream Loper is actually a rate of your pound superior. Very progressive. Won the pre disc for hand. I know it wasn't the strongest group one, but it was group one. Uh, you can rule out the race uh, at the Pretty Polly last time. Apparently, the ground was absolutely desperate, far worse than the official going description uh, from the jockeys that rode in the race. So I think you could throw out that. Um, otherwise, you've got a very progressive profile. And I think a mile two round Goodwood on quick ground um, will be no problem whatsoever. Uh, so dream over with the Premier bet. I think you can make a case for Concert Hall uh, each way at 16s without that. Um uh, you know, if you if you fancy the second favourite in Lilac uh, Road, you've got to fancy Aristia at, at, at thirty three to one. Um, only got beaten a half length by the Haggis horse at uh, at York, and is five or six times the price. So work that one out. I know she's been beaten since. I think you could put up absolutely loads uh, against Nashua. But uh, if you if you ask me for two bets in the race now, I'm laying Nashua. Happy to go to five to six to get her in the get her in the bag and the premier bet outside of her each way is probably dream loper eight to one highest horse in the race with her conditions. Um, it's just, the prices are just wrong. Okay. Do you feel the same, Kevin? Yeah. I'm with dream loper too big a price. Um, like she only needs to come back to what she did penultimate start. Like it was, it was a group one. You can knock it as a group one, but it's a, it's a strong piece of form. Like she beat, she beat the boys. She beat Wally. Like it was a, it was a very solid horse. You know, kind of group two, group three level. Um, Pretty Tiger, who was group one form, and Dilawar's come out and won since in group company. Like, it was a solid piece of form. Um, Ground probably wasn't ideal last time. Pulled a bit hard, too. Um, It's probably not going to happen, but she said, you know, watching her for a while now, like, they, they, they do a lot of pulling and dragging out of her. Like, she does race quite freely. I'd love to see him just make the running with her. Like, there's not a, a, a huge amount of candidates here to go forward. I'd let her roll and get her relaxed in front. That's definitely what I'd okay. be doing with her. Um, but even if she doesn't make the running, I'd say they'd be happy enough sitting second, maybe. Um, and it's just too big a price, isn't it? Like she, she's got some serious form in the book. Um, and, and it wasn't just that group one win last time. Like she's operated in group one in group ones before. She won a group two the time before that. Um, and yeah, she's just too big a price. It's, it's the market falling for these um, these sexy three-year-olds again, Vanessa. They, they yeah. never learn, do they? They never they learn. Never they, learn. Love, they, love a, they love a three-year-old. Even if you don't believe the French thing, uh, the French form, you've got the third of the Sun, Sun Chariot um, last yeah. season. To, uh, and like I say, it's, it's all, like everything's about price. I mean, if you ask me, I don't think she, I wouldn't be willing to learn bigger than five to one with each way concession. Because, yeah. um, you know, it's the eight to one is just plain wrong. It, and look, if Kieran, if Kieran the shoe is a listener, the shoe, <laughs> come on, make the run and just jump out, make the run. It'd be the easiest ride you ever have. Ideal. You can send us later, send us a bit of commission. Ideal. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's suggested a winner. to him when you see him today at the races. But it is back to that thing, Kevin. I'm always banging on about it. We're just a, a nation who latch on to promise and don't go with proven half the time. But having said that, I am a national supporter. So don't, don't tell Kieran Schumark his nickname. Kieran the shoe. No. <laughs> uh, right, guys, on to uh, the 410. It's the class two nursery. 
um, over the seven furlongs. And this is another race that Betfair are paying four places on. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, True Statesman is currently the favourite for Charlie and Mark Johnson. They're already on the board from uh, the first day. Goodness knows what will happen on the second day with their multiple runners. And then Seductive Power next best for Richard Hannon. Uh, I was... I'm quite, I don't think I'm interested in backing him for this, but I'm intrigued to see how Faisal Rogue gets on, Dan, because he's having his first run for Kevin Philippart, the four, having won on debut for the Gosdens, disappointed that Royal Ascot now makes his nursery debut. And he's just one of those ones that's at this stage a complete unknown in this race. And I just find it interesting that they've moved him to Kevin. Kevin's having a great time. He's about eight to one, fourth best at the moment with Betfair. I don't think I'm going to back him, but I am intrigued to see how he gets on. Shake Abdullah's, Sheikh Abdullah's taking a sabbatical from John Gosden, it seems. Yeah, exactly. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, Ke- I think, think Kevin take over. Um, what's he called? The horse that won at Ascot last in, in the week. That middle distance horse, M- Montalban, Juan de Montalban. Oh and he's yeah, done yeah, well yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's. I mean, you mentioned the potential with Faisal Road. How much potential is in this race? This is a race I always associate with Mark Johnson. I think he had a one-two-three in it one year. Did, yeah. And and he's got true statesman. He, even the second string's interesting. From out of a mile and a half winner up to seven furlongs off a break, you almost wonder if centre court that is has been saved for this. And she's 14s versus the the current five to two. I think Prairie Falcon's got a chance stepping up in trip. Looks like she, he's been campaigned with nurseries in mind. And then you've got the first time headgear angle with self praise. I've mentioned five there. I could probably <laughs> mention. I could probably mention ten. He's just he's just too warm for me. I won't lie. <laughs> I like that just bailing out of the situation altogether well centre court's 14s at the moment and prairie falcons 25 so i'd be loath not to back those two okay fair enough you've put up some decent each way swings there uh what about you tony um where are you landing yeah i'm just first he's the biggest betting down the week so far for me i, I backed sunning down at 10 to 1 i still think the 8 to 1 four places with the sports book is fair enough i mean Big fan of Paul and Oliver Cole on this show this week, aren't they? <laughs> Today, no, it's um, hey, it, you know, ran over five furlongs in his debut, and after that, it was a pretty mediocre run, but not surprising given given his pedigree. But they said, oh yeah, he's a half brother to your um, your swimwear of choice, isn't he? What, speedo <laughs> boy, <laughs> no, Mankini, oh. Mankini. Oh, even worse. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Very oh, well played. That almost deserves a little round of applause. Uh, talking, talk, talk, talking about monkey, dog, pig. You've got speedo, <laughs> mangini, another <laughs> animal. To, uh, half brother to budgie smugglers. <laughs> um, anyway, back to uh, I, won't, I won't call them. Yes, up. please. Yeah, um, yeah I, I back signing down. Um, flew out in the Chesham when giving a very. Uh, it's a very curious stepping up after what he did at, uh, at Windsor, but obviously in, in, in keeping with a lot of horses in that race, totally did, uh, totally blew out, but not surprising. And um, he was just given another average ride by Jim Crowley over six furlongs at Newby last time, given, yeah, you can give him a, a, a slight pass because he was on the wrong side of the track, but he finished off really well over six furlongs there. Uh, Travelled really well throughout the race, if a little bit too keen. So I think, Crowley, if he had a chance again, would, would probably ride it a bit more aggressively earlier. But they, they're clearly worried about him, him being a bit too fresh. So they put the first time hood on. Uh, now, it's the first time the partnership of, uh, of 
uh, father and son have actually used that uh, hood. Uh, and but previously, Paul Cole they was found Paul, where they're kept in the tap room. Yeah, but Paul Cole was seen in the last nine years, I think it was since 2013. Cole used it sparingly, but he had three from 15 winners. Obviously, 20% strike rate is quite good. I think a step up in trip, a uh, step back up to seven firms will really suit. Uh, the horses by Glen Eagles out of a, a Michael Jarvis Italian Oaks winner. So, yeah, I you know he's five pound better off with Seductive Power, who won that race. Seductive Power, that newbie race, Seductive Power was on got a, got a freebie on the far side on his own. Um, yeah, I think everything points to Sunningdale running a big race here. Now, as Dan said, it, it's it's very deep race, and even with the extra place, I'm inclined to back him win only. But yeah, uh, I back Sunningdale win only, and uh, I'm putting him up here at eights. Very strong case made for Sunningdale by Tony. There. What about you, Kevin? Where are you? Where are you going in this? Uh, sure, look, self-praise is no praise, Vanessa, but he'll probably still win the nursery anyway. Ah. Um, the cheek pieces, I think, is well handicapped. That that's that legend of Xanadu form. He has some experience around um, quirky tracks. And uh, yeah, with Harry Burns on, Mr. Burns, um, he's going to get the job done. Okay, I bet Ex- you all the sort excellent. Of- excellent, excellent. <laughs> I imagine you're the sort of person, Kevin, who likes a bit of self-praise. I bet you when you get back to your hotel room after like a day at Goodwood, you're like, yes, I was good today. I'm good today. Keep it clean. Hey, when, you, when you're self-employed, you got to self-promote, Vanessa. <laughs> hey, look, I'm all aboard that train. No no one knows that rule more than me. The ITV equivalent of Josh Appiaffi. He's got three arms. The middle <laughs> ones, the middle <laughs> ones to pat himself on the back with. Oh, oh Tony, that's a low blow. <laughs> I tweeted that on Twitter after a, a racing debate, uh, something about three months ago, and it got about 10,000 likes. Stop. <laughs> right. Well, I, I can't comment on this, so I need to move on because um, I'm a company woman after all. Um, the 445, guys, the five furlong sprint. It's a class three for the three year olds. Uh, this is another race that we are paying four places on, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Get Ahead is at the top of the market for Adam Kirby and Clive Cox. Just always feel like with her, Dan, she's been one of those ones that kind of, I feel like she's, they've expected her to have a few more wins next to her name than she currently does. I feel like she's disappointed a couple of times. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Been quite frustrating to follow. I like one at nines here. There's already been a bit of money. Twelves into nines. It's Le Beau Garçon. Um, was it? He doesn't make the horse run faster. But I was. I was at Must the day. He was very unlucky. I thought missed the break. Got wiped out. Kevin Stock crossed him at the start, and Mulrennan ended up out the back on Le Beau Garçon. Did some good late work. Then he ran in that traditionally very hot Newmarket handicap, the three-year-old sprint. Um, a couple of weeks ago now, not to 105. He's back down in grade today. He he was impressive in a in winning a red car race at the back end that's worked out well. The second has advertised that form. And I've just had my eye on him since Musselburgh. Um, this is a lesser race. And just on the first day, 14s possibly isn't that bad a draw. I don't think it matters really where you are because Lord Ridiford came from the low stalls and then we saw the, the maiden that Tony likes. That was dominated by... <laughs> that came towards the near side rail. Yeah, you can chuck in a draw bias to that maiden as well. Yeah, it's great, great. <laughs> bet. I tell you, ne- next year we should we should all cobble together and sponsor the race and call it the Tony Calvin maiden stakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus, I throw a few quid in for that. The less than convivial maiden. Watch it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> be ex- expensive because the prize money was so lucrative. TC, what what, what an yeah. initiative it was. Whole fifteen grand at a group one meeting. 
<laughs> Will you ever get over this, Tony? Um, I also, in this race, intrigued by Dusky Prince, Tony, for me, I, obviously the one on the roll coming in here compared to lots of others who took disappointed on their last start, but has the issue of no claimer on this time, Holly up back on, and this is a much, much deeper race probably than what he's been in. Uh, am I mad even thinking that he could rack up another win? It's a five yeah, Oh, you're mad. It's a five-furlong win handicap. I'm not putting anybody off anything. Um, I like the form line that Dan mentioned, Lebeau Garçon and Sophie's star. Um, Lebeau Garçon, Dan's made a very good case for that. I think nine to one's fair. Uh, but the horse um, that beat him, uh, Sophie's star, um, he's he's a top prize 20 to one uh, with a sportsbook, yeah, biggest in the industry. And that doesn't quite sit right with me either. I mean, so I... I think I probably will be having a little bit on Lobo Garcon, but I think my main bet in the race is going to be Sophie Starr at 20 to 1. Now, the reason being, obviously, she beat Lobo Garcon at Musselburgh, albeit fortuitously. Um, went on to finish really close fourth in a listed race next time uh, and was drawn wide at Chester last time, uh, which she got dropped uh, a pound for. They normally just, any wide horses at Chester, they normally leave them alone a lot of the time. So, she is £5 higher than at Musselburgh, uh, but it was an improved performance in listed company the time after, and I just thought 20 to 1 was, was too big. So Lebeau Garçon at nines, but my main bet of the race will be Sophie Starr at 20s. OK, the boys latching on to the same form line. Kevin, um, where are you landing? I thought this was horrible. Um, Cape Moss, <laughs> drawn high, um, one over course and distance. You know, as long as she hits the lids, she should be up there and and, and and prominently positioned. And I thought there might be some more improvement in her, but yeah, Jesus, tough race. Tough race indeed. I feel much the same. Um, let's move on to Galway and Kevin. No, Dan, you look bored. We'll stick with Dan. <laughs> no, uh, Kevin. No, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Kevin. Um, Galway. I don't know, generic Galway question, because we're not going through all the races. Just what are you putting up? What do you fancy on day? It'd be day four of the Galway Festival. I haven't got heavily stuck into it, Jeff Vanessa, but it's um, Galway Hurdle is obviously the big one on Thursday, but it's, it, that is just such a hard race always. Um, Joseph has Celestial Horizon in, and he'll be a big enough price now, but it just wouldn't have shocked me if he ran all right. It's currently um, about he, 14 a, to 1 with Betfair. Yeah, he's, he's a very capable horse. He just needs to jump sharp, you know, which he doesn't always do. But he's one of those, the day he puts it all together, jumping wise, like he'll prove himself to be to be very well handicapped, I think. Um, but it's Galway, you know, there's no inch given anywhere. It could be tough for him to put it all together there. But sure, look, it's worth, it's worth a spillion quid. May as well have a go and hope it happens. Just okay. quickly, I just mentioned that, right? So, um my mate Mozzie's quite interested, isn't it? The way his campaign went towards the back end, he started riding him differently. I mean, we we know what it can be like in this race: prominent ride and and ping a few. I won't be surprised if he took a fair bit of catching. But that's an yeah, extremely I, cursory glance. Yeah, I thought they might have been lining him up for the um the amateur handicap there on the first on the first night with a, with a couple of runs in maidens recently, but mm. um has gone here instead. And yeah, interesting one. Uh, Tony, any Galway interest? Yeah, I, I backed the tight turns at 18s this morning. Oh, our old pal. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously... It's, you stole a bit of the prize, because just looking now, he's 14s, is that right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's around... Like, I backed him win only. Um, I've, he's, he's around about 
18s on the exchange. It's the market's okay. up, but he's, he's 18s there at the moment. I said, you know, he'd probably be a bigger price on the exchange if he is. I'll I'll have another little nibble again. I'm not playing big, but I mean, obviously, he's well handicapped on that spring that Group One uh, Grade One form uh, in the season behind Vauban. Hasn't things haven't gone right for him since, including last time on his first start after a three month break. Uh, on on the face of it, he ran really badly, but apparently he returned lame. Uh, they've given him a three and a half week break. They put the first time cheap pieces on. I just think this test will really suit him. Mean, when he's on form, uh, he's a real good traveller as well. So um, off, a, off a decent mark of 135, if the headgear brings him forward, great. And hopefully, well, presumably he's well recovered from that um, that injury last time. So yeah, I, I, the side turns at 18s, so, and I think you'll probably get a little bit bigger on the exchange when only as well when that market fills up. Okay, okay the tide turns. For Tony, right, that's just round. We need to round off the show with naps then, boys. And Dan, I will come to you first because you napped Lord Ridderford on day one and in he went. Sadly, um, it wasn't a nap. I put him up. It wasn't a nap. Oh. You, you were the one with a successful nap, Vanessa. Yeah. I think you should start. <laughs> yeah, um, I did nap Sandrine, apparently, um, which is an excellent shout by me. Self-praise, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> But no one else has given me it, so I'm just going to kick on there with that self-praise. Um, I am going to nap Chateau in the Richmond Stakes for me, please. Um, that is my nap on day three. What about you, Dan? That was very close to mine, but I've I've got this Lebeau Garçon reappearance running my mind. So because he's nines at present, hopefully stays at price, I'll go with him in the sprint. Oh, in the trappy, trappy contest, napping up in that. What about you, Kevin? Uh, in honor of you, Vanessa, self praise in the nursery. <laughs> yes, come on, the self praise. Here for it, Tony. Uh, my nap probably would be laying Nashua up to five to six, but I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go with Sunningdale in the nursery. I don't normally bet in nurseries or two year races normally, but I thought Sunningdale was very, very interesting. Okay, well, look, thank you very much. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Kevin? <laughs> right, I'll, I'll leave you with this line. I just saw it tweeted there by Jason oh. Levy. The couch in today's Daily Star. Baid looks the biggest certainty since Robert Mugabe rocked up in a Harari by-election. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, that wraps up the show. That was day three of our Goodwood preview. Days four and five coming. Good luck to you. I hope it's going well so far. And thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>